All right, I'm here with Spencer, longtime uh, acquaintance. Met him at an AVI course way back. I can't even remember when. Probably ten, at least ten years ago, <laughs> if not longer. But uh, definitely got some cool shit to talk about. Uh, you know, snowboarder, big mountain guy. So I'll throw it to you for a brief introduction of of who you think you are and who you want people to to know you are. Who knows? That's a tough one to even answer. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Spence Cordovano. I'm up here in Ketchum, Idaho. I'm currently running for Ketchum City Council right now. The vote's in three or four days. And I'm a longtime local up here. Went to school in Haley and... Yeah, I did a stint competing, snowboarding, and mountain guiding, and working up here in Lasatus. And uh, now I've been getting into politics. I ran for mayor two years ago, uh, fresh off the couch into politics, almost won, got a close second, and then uh, I've been doing the city stuff. I'm on the Planning and Zoning Commission right now, and the Historic Preservation Commission, and I'm running for council. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. That's kind of what what sparked me to talk to you is, you know, we follow each other on the IG and I saw that pull up and I was like, holy shit, it's almost voting day. So I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get this thing edited and out. So in case we end up talking about politics at the end, which I'm sure we probably will, (laughs) because I know I, you know, I'm from Fairfield. So uh, Sun Valley, the whole Wood River Valley has been kind of like a, I don't know, I won't say getaway, but I mean, it's like where you'd go to, you know, I grew up skiing soldier. So like to ski, (laughs) to ski Baldy's like another, another level. So I would, I would, I would cop a bunch of free tickets and shit and go ski Baldy as much as possible. So yeah, it's sick, man. That's why I live here. It's, you know, people go to vacation here and I try to make a life here because it's too good. Our yep. mountain's so steep and so fun. Yep. Yeah, Not for to sure. say I don't I'd... love Soldier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different place over there. I'd forgotten that you're from Fairfield. I mean, what, we saw each other at the Sun Valley Tele Nationals this winter, and you were yep. like, you? And I was like, who the hell are you? And then I was like, yeah, no, I kind of do remember that Avi course. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Bachman up at Williams, I think, right? Bachman yep. and Clark Corey. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and, what a score. and Hatch. And Hatch, yeah, the good old days. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that too because I, I can't remember if you were with Yancey or Jeremy. Those are Those two are known two associates of mine, so probably one or both of them. Yeah, and I have no clue. I can't remember either, but I remember you guys were like prototyping the mountain approach skis. Yep. Like, whatever happened to those? Um, got a lot of good trips and a lot of broken cams, you know, they, uh, they now have a metal cam, but I don't know what they're doing. I think they just looked at the whole snowboard market and I think I did a photo shoot for them sometime in the eight to past 15 years ago. And I think it was military branded. So, oh, I mean, shit. they, they're still holding on to it. I just think they're on other ventures and. I don't know. I'm yeah. actually meeting up with that guy later today. I'll ask him. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, it seemed like a pretty good solution for people to, like, you know, if you didn't want to dump the money. Because 
because I actually split board as well. And so it's like, I don't know if I would use mountain approach, you know, for myself, but if I was into like really like tricks and shit and going off big, big shit, I definitely wouldn't do it on like my carbon fry. You know, I have a carbon fiber prior <laughs> split board. <laughs> I don't think I'd be out there hucking shit off that. So no, and definitely the, the bindings too. And, you know, I still have my approach keys. I use them for pow surfing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fucking. That's I always awesome. said, I was like, you should take those straight to Sky Mall just for grandmas to go because they're so much better than a snowshoe. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I can't imagine snowshoeing and like walking downhill. Like, I mean, that's like the worst ever. No, but I, I just suffer through political meetings now. I don't suffer in the backcountry. No more <laughs> wallowing. I'm not that hungry anymore. Yeah, for sure. I just remember too that you, I hate to say you were fairly young back in those days, but you know, I I'm over 50. So like when I did the Abbey course, I, I can't remember how old I was, but, uh, I remember you guys were like fucking hucking off everything. And that's before, like you saw people doing, you know, cause, cause I grew up as a ski mountaineer, like, you know, always being ultra conservative, like, you, you know, like, like I have my jump turn dialed in, you know, I've skied the sickle, I've skied, you know, like all kinds of shit around horsemen and stuff in the sawtooth. But it was funny because you guys were like, <laughs> I mean, anything you could go off of, you guys are launching off of. And I think that was like a kind of a sign of things to come. Cause you know, now you see like matchstick productions and you know, like what they're putting out and other, you know, other edits I see are just these guys just fucking, going really big in the really big mountains. So I think you guys, you guys were the first ones I saw fucking launching off shit. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, people, people taught us what to do. We definitely weren't the first, you know, we followed other guys into it, like Wyatt and stuff. But, you know, two things like, yeah, you're like, how many years ago is that? And I'm 35 and I'm like, I don't want to know how many years it is. Like, I can't say it's 15 years ago because that stresses me out to think that I'm 35 I'm like feel like I'm 25 at heart but yeah and I was also thinking just when we were saying that I was like god that was back when we used to just go deep and huck shit and now I'm like gonna sprain an ankle or tweak a knee and I'm like I can't huck anything unless I'm inbounds and easily getting out of there yeah yeah Yeah, it's crazy because you think about how far you're willing to go in the backcountry too because I know we used to do the reach around traverse in a day. We just show up and, you know, hike up through the yurt and go into Marshall Basin, up around, rappel mm-hmm. in, fucking ski powder and come out the same day. And now it's like, that would easily be a two day trip for me. That's like, like a five no day fucking, trip for me. Yeah, there's no yeah. fucking way I could do that now. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah those, crazy. Uh, yeah. Those are the good old days for sure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you keep if you take care of yourself a little bit, I mean, you can still do quite a lot. But I mean, definitely, it's a young man's game now. I see like a lot of evolution, and it's like even at Sun Valley, you know, you see like a lot of people doing big things. I mean, you know, things that the envelope gets pushed all the time on on a lot of shit. But... Oh, it's crazy up here, man. We got you know Josie Chase Josie still going for the Olympics. For like round three in pipe i'm just like he was up here at the office i was like dude when are you gonna quit bro i get scared just watching you like 
if you got the need and you got the hunger, it just, you can't stop doing it. It's like a drug. Yeah. You know, those guys yeah, are crazy. For sure. Yeah. I know there's a guy that, uh, I'm hoping to talk to. He's in Colorado. His name's, uh, Wiley Maple and he's, a like a big GS, you know, downhill guy. And, uh, he's still pushing it past, you know, past 40. So, I mean, I don't know. Olympians get older and older, you know, and I mean, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the guys I used to race border cross with, cross Nick Baumgartner, was just the oldest guy at the Olympics, and he's just a super fit. Like I don't think he's more than like forty four, but you know it's different for border cross than it is for pipe and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even I don't even follow it. Like we were in the video business, we did all the cool AK Red Bull bullshit, and then I saw the inner workings of all that, and just didn't even announce my exit and just snuck out the back door and was like, you'll never see me again. We took, we yes. topped out and I'm just so over it. What well, you did bank slalom, right? Too. Yeah. Well. I got a couple bank slaloms under my belt as well. Cause I was a hard booter growing up and I did freestyle too. I was just never that good. And, uh, I like the bank slaloms cause you can go get respect from the freestyle dudes as a racer. Yeah, for sure. Beat up on him I, every once in a while and tell him his boss and also just <laughs> lose to some of the sickest freestylers. Like, the Mendish bros are so fast, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. We had that uh, up at Bogus this past oh. year. I watched him set – I watched the diggers put in the course, you know. Yeah, and, dude, uh, major shout-out to those guys. Um, Maiden Boise crew and the CDI crew and the Prestige boys, they hand-dig their course. I've been up there for that one. I – I got second up there after a sleepless night in Boise the night before and won the switch race. Um, Somebody would have told me they were giving away 500 bucks. I probably wouldn't have gone to the bar the night before. But (laughs) I didn't make it down last year. It was amazing the amount of people that showed up for it, you know? I mean, I know uh, Corey McDonald, he's the park, kind of the park supervisor up there. And and I was asking him last year, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get, you know, a, a good fucking grip of people doing oh, it. Oh yeah, and... dude, it's crazy. The big slalom circuit's sweet, and Corey's the man. We went to the CDI. God, now you're making me date myself all day here, but this is good. It's a proof that I'm old enough to be a politician. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, when we got, I got kicked off the snowboard team for partying too hard in Jackson when we were like 17 with rice and turkey and a bunch of those boys. And uh, one of our older crew guys here, Teeman, took us to the CDI. He's like, competing snowboarding doesn't matter. This is what real snowboarding is. And we went out to the CDI and had a ball, and that Corey was throwing that so many years ago. Yeah, he's a chill guy. I mean, he's I definitely cool. like him. I mean, he he spends time, you know, I spend a lot of time in the side country at Bogus, uh, skinning around, hitting stashes and shit. And he's he's out there too. I mean, we're you know, I mean, he's he's the, he's the chillest metal fan that I know. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. We were actually we had a meeting one time with the operations manager, and we were talking to each other, and and we were talking about meditation. And I was like, "Yeah, you ever do uh, float tanks?" And he's like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" Because like, <laughs> I I love isolation tanks. Like I hit Stillwater all the time, and and hit the fucking iso tank and you know, trip out John C. Lilly shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. But everybody <laughs> okay. thinks cause you know, these guys are tatted up snowboarders that they're like 
not doing that stuff. But last time I was at Prestige, I ran into Greg Goulet and we just talked about sidewalks and housing. <laughs> it's more interesting, man. I just like, it was a fun life, but you know, I'm trying to do some stuff that's meaningful and I lived a good life and I need like a job now. So I'm like, well, municipalities are everywhere and there's, there's change to be made and our town's getting hit with just like such classic problems. And they're like, this is crazy. And I'm like, this is not crazy. The only thing that's crazy is that it, we're 25 years behind the curve. This happened yep. everywhere else 25 years ago. Like we got it so good. And then like yeah. a couple big stupid buildings popped up around town. People are like, catch them fucked. It's over. I'm like, it's not even close to over. Like I'm no. my lift line here at Sun Valley. My cousins came out and it snowed like four inches on President's Day weekend. I walk out and there's like a seven minute lift line. And I just said, have fun boys. And I turned around and went back to my condo and they, my buddies came over when they were done they're like fuck it was terrible up there today and my cousins are like what this was our best day of skiing all year the lift line was so short and we're just like this is terrible man i can't this is unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get spoiled for sure some definite white boy problems up here in sun valley yeah for sure i i love i love riding up there because it's just i don't know i've I've almost never waited for the chair on good days midweek like Uh, I've been known to cut the shit out of the line, like in a really bad way. But some <laughs> people love it. They're like, "There goes Spence. He's not taking any of this shit." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, luckily, they... you know, the patrol's got my back, so it's cool. Yeah, that that's some of the coolest patrol too. They're legit patrol there. Yep. I mean, they're. Yep. I don't know. Our patrol at Bogus is. I mean, they're definitely solid. And then they just hired a new guy from Arapaho Basin. And uh, it was funny because I was talking to the operations manager and he's like, we were talking about Arapaho Basin. I'm like, do you know anything about Arapaho Basin? He's like, no, not really. I'm like, that place is fucking legit. Like, you, there's a couple shots on there where you actually have to fucking like hand over hand down a line and drop into this fucking couloir. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it, you know, so I mean, this dude coming from there is like going to have an eye opening. Like, you're most of the time there you get called for like getting somebody that got in over their head and they need a ride down. Like, you know, that's like the majority of the calls. Yeah. We do not, we do not have that here. Sun Valley's only detraction is that we don't have huge cliffs to hit. That's why I went out to a squad. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? This place is insane. My first day at squad, I went up the chair and I was like, there's a huge cliff right there under the chair that nobody's hit. And I went and jumped yep. the ring finger my first run at Squaw. I jumped off that thing and rolled down the windows about four times. I was like, wow, that was 20 <laughs> feet bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Squaw, man, uh, fucking the passing of, of, of Gaffney, man. That's crazy because yeah. you were in NAR, right? Yeah. You hit like a fucking fat 540 or something off there, didn't you? Uh, not off the cliff. I got a mean back seven down in Mammoth over the crew, but definitely my claim to fame was getting my ass in the NAR movie. I just, that was just two peas in a pod. And, um, yep. I just fell in love with Squaw, man. That place is so cool. And yep. yeah, with the doctor passing, that one, that one hit hard, man. He's such an icon. He was such a cool guy. Like, that was, and I, you know, I, 
don't know. I, I think I got his cell phone number in there somewhere, but the only time we hung out was during NAR. And he was just so cool because he was less like more than a skier. He's like, yeah, I'm the fucking man at skiing, but I'm also a doctor. And he was leading this whole charge on the anti Hollywood, uh, whatever, not Hollywood, but Disneyland, whatever the hell they're doing out there, what they call Palisades now. So yep. he was in ton of planning zoning meetings, leading the whole charge. And like that one hit fucking hard, man. That sucked. He was, he was too cool. Just like the way he looked at stuff. Cause with NAR, you know, NAR's what it is. And, but like, then we got kicked out of the resort and I actually claim that I won the game in our movie because I was the only one to sign up on the internet with a fake name. So my past didn't get turned off. I was like, well, sorry, losers. Welcome to the big leagues. Like, grow <laughs> up. But we were like, you know, we we're like navigating the potential lawsuit or whatever and like how we could get around it. And it was it was all about skiing, but it wasn't about skiing. You know, I still I got the poster over here on my wall, the big movie poster at my office. And I have the notice framed when we got kicked off Squaw. That's so cool, man. Yeah. I I went back through, and I don't know if you've seen his brother, Scott's tribute to him. Man, that thing is just, it's fucking heavy, man. I mean, his brother's, you know, mad respect to his brother, too. Just a classic filmer. I mean, you know, I mean, I think now, like, how filming is now, and, like, you can just get out, like, a Sony X3 or, you know... A DJI or dude, I, I go to I go to film something now. I just set up my red cam so I can bill them and then do it on my phone. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> solid. I mean, the technology to think about Scott like packing in big fucking gear or whatever. You know, oh, I dude, mean, those guys earned it. And Scott's super Scott. cool. We keep in touch. The first time I met him, I was like, "Hey, I'm Spence." He's like, "Yeah, I know. I've watched like two hours of you naked." <laughs> all these GoPro lines from Squaw, and that was funny too. Like when I ran for mayor, people are like, "I don't know if you should be doing this." I googled your name, and there's a naked picture of you snowboarding, and I was like, "And I don't know if you should be judging everybody." Yeah, you know. Well, but I got the. Well, your mayor race there is weird too, because I I barely remember that. That was like what twenty twenty one. It was two years was ago. Two years. Yeah, and they have like a like a weird way of doing it where they have like all votes tallied for all candidates, right? So well, like, first off, Ketchum's teeny, right? It's teeny. There's three thousand five hundred voters. You get about we got fifteen hundred and fifty votes in the last election. But there's twenty thousand people in the Wood River Valley. There's four municipalities. The Sun Valley Lodge is Sun Valley. Then there's Haley, and then there's Bellevue, and then there's Blaine County. And Ketchum's super small. Like, the amount of business owners that live and get to vote in Ketchum is so limited. So it's a really tricky thing. And, like, Ketchum's budget's right around $28, 30000000 Haley's $5 million. So it's the economic center of the valley. But the votes come in from a different demographic. So... For the mayor's race, there were 1,500 votes, and you got one vote per person. And I got second by 49 votes, and this OG Loke dog, Barvetto, got 54 votes, which would have put me into first because, like, I'd put my hand on a butcher block and say that every single one of Barvetto's votes were going my way. He actually called me right before this meeting. I told him I'd call you back or call him back. 
And then there was the incumbent, who's a decent guy. And then there's this this guy that came out of the woodwork, who's a big hedge fund guy who just moved back to town, who's always had a house here. And I was just like, no way, bro. Not on my watch. I'm throwing my name in the hat. Like, I'm the kind of guy who just... People are like, why are you doing this? I'm like, you can't fake it. Like, you have to be called to it. Like, I just lay down... If I could stop reading the paper and getting pissed off, I wouldn't be doing it. But I'm not one to just bitch and complain. I definitely put my money where my mouth is and... You know, I like to say the only reason I'm a dirtbag is because I live in Ketchum. I could have got any job I wanted out in the city and done all that stuff, but lifestyle has always been more important to me. And there's so much business and big money here and connections that you can draw that as long as you don't get let the bar suck the life out of you, you're all you're all good. You can do whatever you want from here. There's so many people making movies, people doing business, people, artists, photographers. This place is insane. So yeah, that's a sure. long answer to say that there's one vote per person in the mayor's race. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Yeah, I it it definitely seemed like it got split, like with having more candidates. You'd hope that somebody it's almost like an egoist thing when somebody won't back out of a race, even though they know they're gonna split votes and get like the wrong person elected. It's like they just fucking still it's like, you know, it's like a monkey drowning. They're just going to fucking hang on to you and drag yeah. you down. And, you know, I've always, I've always voted Green Party, and I hate just voting for the least offensive candidate. And I, like, wish people would just follow their heart. Because, you know, and this, this city council election will show it because nobody thought I had the mojo that I did. And so many people voted for the incumbent because they didn't think I had the mojo. And so many people voted for... Even guys for the hedge funder came up to me. They're like, wow, you did great at the debates. Like, had I not been convinced by this guy to just vote for him, I would have voted for you. So we'll see this election, what happens. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you kind of prefaced your position with the mayor's race, too, in a way. So, I mean, you have you have that where basically the the mayor's race was a chance for like your opinions and your points to get out there and then just get solidified with city council because i mean that you, you can do a lot on a planning and zoning zoning commission but you can do a lot you know i was i worked for the city of boise for almost 20 years and commissioners have a fuck ton of power as far as making positive changes for things you know i mean the mayor the mayor's almost like a signatory or a figurehead but the council is kind of where like once you can start swaying the council that's where real work gets done you know yeah and it's interesting yeah. like by all intents and me and i sh- i should be the front runner right you know but also now i've been doing it for two years and you get a quote of me in the paper being myself every week and a lot of people love it but a lot of people are like well this guy is not doing his job and i'm like no i'm not i exceed the purview of a planning and zoning commissioner regularly because I'm up there making mayor comments. And that's why I want to go to council is not only we've got development is where it's at. Like if I lose, I'm, I'm psyched. I love planning and zoning. I'm going to die on a planning zoning commissioner somewhere. So somehow maybe down in Argentina when I'm 70, Um, but it's super fun. And yeah, council, you know, we just got some big stuff going on with like our roads and traffic and bigger picture stuff. And I'm just like, yo, 
No, who else has the resume? Like, I've been hitchhiking down to Haley since I was 13. You want to talk about change? I've seen change. We started the skate parks. Well, we didn't. We helped, you know, and we needed them, and we were the kids. We started the skate parks because we got the need going because we were skating out front of everybody's business, and they were like, get out of here. And then the older crew um, got it going, (laughs) you know. So the biggest thing is, like, resume. And, uh, you know, you see all those things, and it's it's prevalent in Idaho, too. It's like, welcome to Idaho. Don't vote the way you did in the last place to make you leave that place to come here. So a lot of people, I'm like, hey... And, you know, Ketchum's gone crazy, but it's so new Ketchum is what I call it. It's so sweet. There, This place was always full of just servers and old people. And they're like 25 to 40 year old working professionals everywhere working remote. So, like, it screwed our condo prices and real estate. But the vibe is good, man. The The parties are great. The scene at the restaurant's great. There's so many people to collaborate with. And it's really cool. Yeah. There's always a protectionist type attitude as well. I know like here in Boise, we've exploded in uh, the backcountry. Like you go to the trailheads and shit and there's a lot of people there, you know, and I've taken some people with me and, and taken them into the backcountry around here just to show them. And, you know, they're not green, but it's also like this protectionist strategy where people get mad because you have an influx of people, but I kind of view it as like a humanist thing. Like, yeah, we have a increased population, but you know, it's like, I don't know. People need to go somewhere (laughs) and be happy. You know, know, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I like, I was down in Hawaii and, uh, wherever the hell we were. And we were at some beach and there was a sign, like said, like locals parking only beyond here. Like do not park here. And my girlfriend at the time was like, shit, well, it's full. Should we park down there? And I was like, hell no. I was like, I love this. I wish we had these in Greyhawk parking lot. Like, (laughs) I want it to be Ketchum, Hawaii. And it is. Like, you will get told to fuck off in the lift line here by, like, an old, crusty old man. It's not a young kid like me. Like, you will see old men bitching out kids in line. And I'm like, hey, I love it. Like, let's work on our presentation a little bit. But on the backcountry yeah. thing, it's just the ethos. And the thing is, is, like, I love showing people the valley. If, like, you know, I always bring what, to, bring what people bring to the conversation. If somebody comes up to me and is rude on the mountain or in the backcountry, you picked the wrong guy to be rude to. I can be so rude. I'll break you down. But if you're nice, I'm going to show you everything and have you over to a barbecue at my house and we'll probably stay in touch for 10 years. But it's just like the whole posting thing, like the geotagging and the posting and that. Like I was at the hot springs this morning and I didn't even want to mention it on the podcast because I don't want to advertise it. But I'm just like, I saw some beer cans out there and some less boxers and I'm like, that's the shit that just drives me crazy, you know? So it's all about yep. creating the ethos. And then on the, like, just where my mind is at is like, I think about this shit and I'm like, I want to lobby for like a national law that makes geotagging illegal in the wilderness, you know? So like, <laughs> that's just where my mind's at. I just do weird stuff like that. And growing up in Haley, you know, I would never say I was a poor kid because 
we had such a sweet family and such a great upbringing and there was always food on the table, but financially limited for sure. So like for me to live in Ketchum and own some office space up here and almost be the mayor and have a name around town, like that's the goal, man. That's like moving yep. to Ketchum's the big leagues, you know? So trying to do what's best for this town is I just love it. I'm passionate about it. And you know, I was I was like thinking about your podcast, you know, contrarian conundry, and I'm like, I was like, I'm not really that contrarian. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I am because I get off my ass and do shit rather than just post negative crap online, or you know. But also, like, everyone's like, well, I'll run for city council, but like when I'm 60, they're like, why would you do it when you're 30? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I have to. I have to live here for the next 40 years. Yeah. Like, and it's gotta be good. And, and also just the time for change is now. And it was two years ago and it will be for the next 10 years. Yeah. Do you think that the remote work, uh, that's kind of like fucked the Valley in a way. Is it like second? Cause I know like your major platform is affordable housing. Cause you have like the, the development plus, uh, philanthropy is, like fair housing if i is that is, that's a good take on it or yes but to really dive into it my platform's workforce housing okay so yeah. and here's how it all relates and there's no short answer um remote working you can make better money than you can make locally so it has caused our real estate prices to skyrocket we're still behind everyone, but it's a tough jump. And the bottom line is, is local businesses can't afford to pay their employees as much as corporations can in the city. But it's not a bad thing. Like, I, I'm, I might be looking at a remote worker job here one of these days. You know, I'm s- kind of sick of being self-employed. And I'm getting old enough to, I'm like, oh, it better work or else I'm going to be unemployable. I march to the beat of my own drum. I work for myself. Like, I'm, I got a hard look in the mirror here of if I'm going to make it happen or not. So the difference between affordable housing and workforce housing is the amount of money that you make. In general, they say if you're paying 30% of your in, or your monthly income in rent or mortgage, then that's a good number. And above that is rent burden. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like also nobody told me like Spence move home to sun Valley. The world owes you. Yep. Hey on, you cut out. Oh, so just to back it up, like when I moved home, nobody told me like, I wasn't like, Oh, you know, the world owes me a place to live in sun Valley. I was like, if I'm going to move home, I'm going to have to hustle and make it happen. Maybe I got to pay half my monthly income in rent, but I live in a vacation town, so I don't need to travel as much. And I'm a lifestyler. So affordable housing is a lower income level and workforce housing is a higher income level. So subsidizing housing for people that make 60 to 90, even a hundred grand a year is a wild thought, right? But it's realistic. And 
we're a town of local business and we want new local businesses to start and you can't, your local business is never going to survive if your employer's got to pay that subsidy to get off the ground. So what we're looking at up here is like, we're taking fifth, 10th choice on, on skilled labor employees, managers, people at the hospital because people look at the wage and they're like, and then they look at the market and they're like, well, I can't move there and start a family. And then you'll get down to the list to like the 10th person and they're like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. And so like your 10th choice employee who's doing your x-rays is that just doesn't translate. Right. And the biggest thing was one day I was at the bank trying to do something. And the lady's like, I, I don't know. This just is, I just don't know what you're talking about. Like I got C's in high school. And I was like, well, if that ain't, if, if, if the NIMBYs don't listen up to that, like, I don't know what they're going to listen to. So, um, yeah. and just to really nerd out on it, workforce is defined by a municipality, by your area median income. So in Jackson Hole, the workforce is like, say, 150% to 225% of the area medium and median income in Ketchum. I forgot the numbers off my hand right off the top of my head right now, but it's like 140 to 180. So I'm all about workforce housing. Affordable housing can be subsidized by the government and that's cat income category four and below, which is like 50 grand a year and below. And when you look at like a big city, it doesn't make any sense to be subsidizing housing for people that make 75 grand a year. But if yeah, you look at sure. mountain towns, it's very important. So there's no federal route to get this housing funded. And that's one of the big platform items that I'm running on is to make it more acceptable for developers to do higher income category restrictions. So God, it's so wordy and so nerdy, but it's so important that people look into this stuff and understand it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key too, is like, I mean, just to have you explain something along that process, because I think a lot of people, especially NIMBYs might be worried that you're looking at shaking shit up or, you know, I mean, things like that. I know a lot of people with wealth, are very protective of wealth and it's like it it might be a hard it might be a tough nut for somebody to swallow and say you know like <laughs> maybe this is what we need because nobody's gonna fucking work here or something you know everybody that i know from sun valley that's moved out it moved out because of cost you know it just became cost prohibitive i mean and you guys had like a fucking tent city and a van city mm -hmm. and it's like I mean, that, that shit is just crazy, you know, to have a, a need for a workforce and nowhere for that workforce to go. But yet people still want their fucking houses cleaned and their coffee pressed and, and you don't want to pay for it. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. No, it's too cold to be homeless up here. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's you like know. when co I mean, when COVID hit too, it was kind of weird. You guys had like a huge spike. And somebody's like, why, why is the Wood River Valley spiking in COVID? And I said, that's the fucking transient rich. I mean, that's everybody leaving a place of like, you, you know, of, of like a large scale place. And 
retreating to the Wood River Valley. <laughs> that's why you guys have this spike, you know? It was like, well, everybody's got a house here that's been sitting empty, you know, so they could come finally yeah. live in it. But also, you know, we've always been four hours too far or yeah. one extra flight or not marketed as heavily. And those are all awesome things that should continue because, like, then people are like, wait, I'm looking for the spot that's four hours too far and one flight too far. But, yeah. you know, it's it's great. The thing is, is that, like, restaurants ain't looking for more business. They're looking for more workers. And yeah, then the NIMBYs sure. get in there and they just start bitching about their service. And it's like, you just voted down the building that was going to address that because you don't want to live next to these people. But then yeah. you show up to the private school that you pay for your kid to go to and you go, hey, to these people that you're talking about, you go, here's my kid. Have a fun 10 day trip in Moab. Yeah. You know, so the other thing about my demographic is like, I got all walks of life. So many rich old moms and families love me that it's crazy. Like, I don't, everyone's like, oh, you really got the kids out to vote. I'm like, not really. I got more drama and more beef with kids my age because they see me close down the bar and they're like, well, he can't be working that hard. Do you? You know, they like think they're bad people because they drink, get drunk. You know, I'm like, oh, you're only a bad person if you drive home, you know? So, and like, I've just been self-employed for so long that I'm like, oh, it's all in my hands. So my problem, yeah. if I got to work with a hangover. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff too, it's just, it's so, it's so tricky. Um, so let's look at planning and zoning. In downtown Ketchum, and a lot of municipalities, you can build a building that's a 1.0 floor area ratio, the same square footage as your lot without going through planning and zoning. But if you want to exceed that, you can build up to a floor area ratio of 2.25. So if you want to build a building that's 2.25 the size of your lot, you have to hit all these stipulations. What it looks like, um, what's in it, yada, yada, how much deed-restricted housing you got to do. So basically, how it was in Ketchum was you had to, your building could be 7% deed-restricted housing, 13% retail, and 76% whatever you wanted for residential or whatever. So those were the minimums. And that's what we've been getting post-Rona market uptick is the 76% penthouse, like four units that are going to be vacant. So there's two things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pioneer a new thing, which is going to be like deed-restricted office space. So in all these new buildings, they have to house a local business, and we'll figure out the criteria for it. But it's funny because it's like people move here to catch them because we got these local businesses and we got these funky vibes. And then they buy something in their pocketbook, gets influenced, and they say how much it's going to cost to build it. And they're like, well, shit, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, then don't do anything. Like the building next to me has 12 office spaces in it and it's getting demoed. The building's going to be five times as big as this building. And there's going to be four retail spaces in it. So. We just passed an ordinance that's, well, and one more thing on that actually first is that 
when you build that bigger building, you have to do deed restricted units of category four and below. I want to see that move up to like category four through nine and L local, which is just stipulates you pay 30% of your rate, but you have to work 40 hours a week in Blaine County. And that's going to be huge. It's underutilized. It's not out there in a lot of municipalities. So actually like, you know, the NIMBYs are going to get behind that. Cause if you buy a penthouse and a new building, you want to live next to better, more well-off people. And it's also just like me bridging these gaps is a lot better because when some rich hedge funder says, we don't want those people living here, it's it's really rude and it's bad. But like, I'm a dirtbag, so I can talk about it and be like, no, the world doesn't owe me a place to live. That makes sense to the developers. It's better neighbors. And the whole thing, the whole idea is like, why they want and why we do need a lot of category four people. And that's where the need is. That's where the most amount of need is in the housing market, but there's still a huge need above category four. The whole idea is like, a, we don't have people commuting in and out of town and B you go out to dinner in town when you're done with work and you buy groceries here. But the bottom line is, is if you're category four and below, you can't afford this catch of Idaho lifestyle like R- Ralph, you went out for, bought a, some strawberries at Trader Joe's this morning. They're probably two ninety nine. My strawberries at Atkinson's are probably seven ninety nine. Yeah. So higher income categories will create more tax dollars for the city and better participation in the community. My buddy was hanging Christmas tree lights, and he drove his lift over to my condo this morning because he was up the street. And he's like, Jesus, how many meals are you making? And I was like, I'm making my lunch too, man. These these counselor wages are hard to survive on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So no shit. It's, yeah, it's definitely. Super I know, like, we always try to stock up before we leave there. I mean, or before we head there and head into the mountains, because anything at Atkinson's. I mean, I don't know. I stopped there once, and I was like, oh, I'll just grab a quick sandwich. And I was like, it was. I think it was nine. 99 for a poor boy and i'm like wow this thing's like three bucks at winco (laughs) it'll it'll keep you poor boy but also like don't get me wrong atkinson's is a badass long time local business by a local family but like yeah man we're up here in the middle of no man's land you gotta get that shit shipped all the way up here yep you know yeah it's definitely i mean they're they're not like profiting off that i mean it's just the cost of business i think as far as you know and it's like their labor market too is like I know I went through the checkout and it was like, it was all, you know, like migrant, basically like, you know, migrant help at the, at the cash at like cashiering. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, you know, there's just not much of a workforce to be able to, no. to exist, you know, and so, I'm, I'm sure they pay a much higher wage to all their workers than Winco oh, as well. Yeah. But, fuck yeah. um, what else was I going to say about that? I forget. I don't know. It's just interesting, man. I I love this shit. I'm such a nerd. Yeah. Well, I can see it too. Cause I mean, it's almost like, uh, it's like a kind of like a big Sim city, you know, where you got to move shit around and, and it takes a while for the pieces to fucking stack up and, and make a difference. Cause I mean, policy, that's why I always laugh. Like when you have these policy changes, people are like, well, you know, you implemented this policy and shit just didn't change this year. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, it's going to take a while for, 
for shit to go down like that. It's it's very interesting because I I mean my family is it's the Rice family. So like they owned quite a bit of uh property in Haley. They own like the my my aunt used to run the the Chinese restaurant that used to be there where the bank is now, but I think it's now a video store. But yeah, they ended up selling out like 20, 30 years ago and getting out of there. And, and it's like, sometimes I see where they had, they like had land and stuff. And there's like, you know, one house on a half acre in Haley. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it, it, it just seems kind of misplaced. And then like it's, your guys have, do you have an issue with short term rentals? Cause I know like that's been a big push and I know that Airbnb actually just came out, uh, I think a few months ago and said that there's no parties like, you know, you don't, you, you rent an Airbnb. If a, if somebody complains about a party, you're fucking like blacklisted. So a lot of people are like, you know, why the fuck have an Airbnb if I can't destroy the place? Like, you know, <laughs> but I've had friends that own Airbnbs in Fairfield just like for hunting and soldier. And they sold it like within two years because they're like, that place got fucking destroyed. Dude, like Airbnb it wasn't even worth miserable. Yeah, to run. I ran three units for a couple of years, and just like dealing with people sucks in that market. Do you, think, do you think that's a problem for you guys in the valley there? As far as like, because I know like a lot of places like Jackson. I have a friend Max lives over there. He lives in Alpine, but he he talks about Jackson a lot. And like the short term rental market, you know, you it's harder to convert short-term rentals into long-term rentals in the long term so i don't know do you, do you guys have because i've oh, never really well, fucked. yeah it's yeah, a it's, it's the most it's fucked problem because a we can't regulate it in the state of idaho you hear about all this stuff they're doing in other states that's because they have different state laws b it's super hard to convert so it's just this double-edged sword fuck-all, and there's war over it. People will only cast their ball at ballot on how you feel about Airbnbs, and there's no solution at hand because we have a huge Airbnb problem. I think we have 1,200 Airbnbs in Ketchum. Whoa. And those could all be local rentals, except for not all of them can be because... Here's the two sides of the coin. A, people come here, stay in the Airbnbs, buy groceries, go out to dinner, buy lift tickets, hang out in town, which makes town vibrant. And then the other side of the coin is that those people are making so much money that there's no way they're going to rent it long term. And the kicker is, is they still want to be able to come out here for a week or two a year. So you tell them you cannot do Airbnbs and they said, cool, I'm still not going to rent it long term. Yeah. So it's a double edged sword. It's so tough. I think McCall did a program where they said, we will give you the property owner or your tenant three weeks of lodging for free at a hotel. If you convert it to a long-term rental, sounds like a sick solution, right? It got a 15% participation rate. Wow. So it's just this double-edged sword. And like, if I buy a condo and catch them right now, 
I'm going to have to Airbnb it and sleep in my van to make those payments. You know? Yeah. So here's what you can do for Airbnbs. The city is doing this thing called lease to locals, which is really cool. These guys actually worked at Airbnb and were like, oh, shit, what did we do to the world? And they left Airbnb and they started this program called lease to locals where they will subsidize your rent to be if you're an Airbnb to be long-term housing and they pay you like a fair amount of change to do it. But so right now the city of sun Valley won't chip in any money for lease to locals. And the conversation is catch is should catch be paying for that or should sun Valley pay for that? So we're not paying for anything outside of our municipality. We're at the end of year one. I think it's a great program. I don't know the numbers on it, but I will soon. And that's one thing that's happening that's that's working. Yeah. So what? So not to get too political, because I was I, I still wouldn't mind talking a little bit about filming and shit. But so, like, what's your your uh, your opponents? I mean, what are their takes on these issues? Or I mean, are are people just wanting status quo? Or I mean, is it? Because I mean, whatever's going on now doesn't seem to be working. So I mean, is it? Is in is any of this stuff like what you're saying? Is it the same on both sides, or is somebody opposing this? I mean, is um, well, you know, they we had our big debate. They call it. It's more like a forum where you get thirty second answers to two hour conversations. And I'll say this: well, first off, it's a nonpartisan race, which is cool. And then right now we have two seats up for re-election on city council. There's one incumbent that's running again for like his fourth term. Wow. Like going to be 16 years on council or something. What dedication. This guy loves pain. <laughs> he works at the ski booting fitting shop. He's a cool guy. Um, and, you know, at the forum, they're like, differentiate yourselves, you know, because you give all these fluff answers. You can't talk about anything like we've talked about for an hour and yeah. haven't even scratched this. Well, we scratched the surface pretty well, but yeah, there is some differentiation, but like one of these guys is just like, we're going to have a lot of short term rentals. And people are like, Oh, that's great. And I'm like, great fucking story to tell, dude, wait till you get in the game. That's not even close to realistic. So like you can rally up your troops, but you're all fighting a war that doesn't exist. Like you got to yeah. get in reality and get part of the situation here got to get educated before you just tell stories so i've been getting a lot of good feedback but there's five candidates running for two seats so it's going to be interesting and that that just goes off majority vote right so if you get if you get the most there's no there's no 50 percent runoff or whatever oh well that came up in the mayor's race because i lost by 49 votes the incoming got 535 and i got 489 and if I would have gotten like 15 more votes, there would have been a runoff election. But in Idaho, there's no runoffs in cities that are less than five or 10,000 or something. But for council, every voter in Ketchum gets two votes. They get a vote for two counselors. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And the other thing I've been thinking about is how do I feel about that? Should we be doing ranked voting? Should you only get one vote? And then the top two guys yeah. get it. 
So super interesting, but yeah, top two guys. And if somebody's within, you know, 3% or whatever it is, there'll be a run out election. I'm hoping for a landslide victory and let these guys fight it out for second, but we will see. It's a good way to gauge the community. And like, I went through all the numbers on my Instagram story the other day, and it's super interesting to follow. Like in the mayor's race, you get a little better turnout. We had 1,550 voters in 2021, we'll call it. And we had the previous mayor's race had 1,300 votes. But the council, which was four years before, 17. But the 19 council race, non-mayoral, had 1,050 votes. So the Mm. mayor's elections are a little more intense. And then, you know, this last election the councilors that won had over a thousand votes out of 1500 and 950 but in their previous cycle there four years before that there was a thousand votes and they both won with 500 to 600 votes because there was eight candidates oh wow so it is such a smorgasbord and one of my yeah. friends was like, yeah, you're, you're running a fool's errand right now. And I was like, I'm not making any projections off this. I just think it's interesting. And going back to something you said earlier, this is what you want to say, is like the split vote in the third party. This one guy called me during the mayor's race or emailed me and was like, you got to drop out of the race. Like, you're going to be the split vote. And he was like, at a, he was at like kind of a higher up official at a, political organization and some of his information was just questionable and i called him and i was like hey man i've thought about this like do you have do you have any polling do you have any data do you guys do shit or do you just hide behind this title you know and i was like how about this bro you ever thought i'm winning and these guys are in my race and i went to a dinner party with some higher up people and they're like hey we heard about your email wanted to let you know that that guy doesn't have a job tomorrow and i was Damn. like oh shit i was like feel bad for that guy i see him around town you know i ain't that mad at him but then that's when it was like it gets real i was like oh, that was a, you see the shit i email people i was like that this is real man i was like but that's the whole thing too is like you know all this cancel culture and the fact that everybody on the internet posts whatever they want and think they're an expert i'm just like I'm uncancelable. I'm yeah. me and Kid Rock and Roseanne Barr. Yeah, you're like I'd, South Park, dude. You'll yeah, never get like, canceled. I was like, don't care. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm me. I sleep well at night. I yeah. like my my mom knows exactly what I do in my free time, and <laughs> she loves her son. And you know what? Look around. The some of the world school artists and creative thinkers are racy people and just being part of the status quo i mean you got to function in society i'm all about the nine to five life now and i used to despise it but i wouldn't say all about the nine to five life but yeah you know so it's crazy out here man yeah well that's why that's why you're on on the uh, podcast about <laughs> <Yeah>. contrarians <laughs> so I, was like, I, was like, Ralph, dude, I was like i'm pretty straightforward nerd these days and i was like <laughs> All right, it's also a conundrum. It's a conundrum. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, but I love it, man. Being part of the solution. And then you just look at how fucked politics is in America. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I hear that. I, no, I hear got, that. I actually just got a text right now that we're on this podcast that I'm getting blown up on the internet. Oh, right shit. Now. Yeah. It's, what are you going to do, dude? <laughs> uh, hey, at least people, <laughs> at least people care and are interested. Yeah. I think yep. that's the engagement of it, you know, as you've made it. Like, if you weren't who you were, I don't think you would have the engagement of the community. And I don't know how your, uh, like, how your guys' districts are drawn up. Like, I don't know if you're in a certain... Because I know, like, here... I'm not even in city limits. I live kind of out in the country. But uh, I know in the city, they they shave things up. So you have, like, different districts. I don't know if you're in a more advantageous district for, like, your own... Your own people, you know, like uh, if you're, well, the, you're... Well, the whole thing is just catch them so small. That's what I was saying about the business owners. But my people are all over the place. I got rich people, poor people, young people, old people. I'm just kind of man of the people. And a lot of people like what I say. And people aren't, aren't that judgmental around here. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, it's kind of my escape to go there. I mean, we, we spend quite a bit of time over there in the Wood River Valley. You know, we stay in the van quite a bit and i don't know it for what it is it's it's definitely a happy place i mean my my ideal day is to just you know have some cheap food make it in the van hit the gold mine you know maybe go see some friends you know fucking go on a hike and i mean it's like i don't know if you go hike i don't know if you you're gonna run into somebody cool somebody that you know oh, yeah. or, or whatever and it might be so, like an 80 year old man or a 20 year old chick yeah i was on a search and rest it's funny i was uh i think two three years ago maybe there was a a runner had passed away on the devil's bedstead but we went on a search and rescue and i was on the climbing team to go try to you know search around and i remember after we got out of the helicopter, because Two Bear Air dropped us off up there, and I was driving through. We were based out of the fire station in Elkhorn, which I thought was kind of crazy because they have like a super nice facility because they're they're their own fucking city. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because <laughs> I was driving home and I looked over and there was like this ancient dude on you know like roller skis just fucking going to town. Like, dude, that had like, to be that's... a Nanda. <laughs> this yeah. guy is like the most local legend. He like interpretive dances through town in his rollerblades <laughs> in gold one time. And there's like an 85 article in the newspaper where he rollerbladed to Jackson Hole. Holy shit. He was like the he was like the the funniest joke when we were little kids because he ran a smoothie shop in town and there was a there was like this rumor going around town that he'd put a shot of his own urine in his smoothies. So our like joke when we were kids was like, don't go there and get a piss smoothie, you know, but like, smoothie. these are these guys, this guy's like insane. God, that guy, dude, you got to get in touch with him. If you could, I would have to set up the thing for him. He is the most interesting man in the world. He's one of those guys. He had like a seizure, knocked his head and woke up knowing a different language, whatever that whole thing is. You know, that's like a thing that there's a syndrome. Yeah. But there's so many freaking cool cats around here. Crazy people. Yeah. That's what yeah, makes catching Yeah. It's funny because I remember growing up and like Dave Bingham, 
like one of the climbing legends and skate skiing legends, like just like Nordic legend guy there. He wrote the guidebook for the city of rocks and I always laughed about the, uh, annihilator Larry, you know, the guy sitting in the cafe, just writing fucking annihilation and like all kinds of weird shit. I mean, that place has been weird for a long fucking time, you know? So I, I think you just attract, I don't know. The mountains attract a different type of person. Cause I mean, I don't know. You guys are a destination now. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, like you said, you got to get that year round vibrancy and just keep it. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, and like, you know, one guy's like, one guy's we like, need to quit spending, need to on tourism. spending on tourism. And I'm like, for sure, bro. For like sure. we put out all those sick ass videos and people were loving it and tagging them. And I was like, Oh God, what did we do? But everybody's so many jobs revolve around tourism, dude. You can't just have these rich people that have never worked for a dime in this valley and never will have to running for office. That's not the view of anybody. And all the business owners know it too. They're like, no, dude. But we can't just be another destination shell. We got to find the balance. And we totally can. We're not that far gone. And people are so passionate and cool. I don't care if you're like the gnarliest developer in town. People care so much about this town. And they're doing what they can. Yeah. I think the out-of-state component is kind of the the biggest thing. I know, like, there was a house that opened up down the street from me. And I actually looked at... Because we've lived here 20 years. So we have so much fucking equity built here that it's it's ridiculous. So uh, there's a guy here that I deal with, a, a real estate guy. And so I approached him about, like, you know, I wonder... Like, what's the cost? You know, what what could I, you know, basically, I, I didn't want to flip it because I fucking hate flippers. But I was like, you know, I could make this a livable house and maybe skim, you know, 10% off of it or whatever. By the time I went through all that shit, Michael called me back and was like, that house is gone. Like, oh, someplace yeah. in fucking Georgia bought that house. And it's sitting there vacant right now. It's just, it's been a year just oh, sitting yeah. there. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was another thing we wanted to talk about. You saw I've getting I've been getting torn up in the comments for being a realtor. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. I I don't read the comments or look this time of year. It's just like there's so much stuff happening on the internet. It just all comes back to like what are people's motivations and it's just like in eighth grade when you write an essay, they're like, cite your sources. That was the yep. hardest thing for me to do is learn how to like the form, the MLS formula for how to cite your sources, but it's the most important lesson. And especially on the internet these days is cite your sources. Yeah. You, know? you can, I mean, the internet's become a place where professionals and people with an educated opinion almost don't even fucking dare venture, yeah. you know, because I mean, if, if, if you have an educated opinion about something, somebody could just fucking just flat out be like, ah, you're a bitch and end it. Yeah. Like, that's it. No. You know? And like, it, dude, I got so torn up the other day with like some of the harshest things that are just so rude and really hurt my soul. And I'd like, at the end of the day, I just thought like, man, I hope that person's all right. Like they're going through some pain and I care about yep. them. And that bugs me that they're saying that stuff about me, but are they all right? Yep. Yeah, we just we went to Idaho Falls last weekend. Uh, Henry Rollins from Black Flag was over there doing his nice. spoken word tour. No way! And so we listened. To, I love that guy. Yeah. But we listened to him, and he said uh, he said something that like I I don't remember a whole lot of the. I mean, he was like all over the place. He's got ADHD, I'm sure, like on Ritalin and shit. But he said something that like you were saying, you know, about worrying about that dude. 
Henry Rollins said, people wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to have a fucking bad day today. And that's just like, that's the first thing they think about. Like, I'm going to have a bad day today. And that's, then they're fucking walking around. And they're yep. like, oh, you're having a good day? Well, I'm having a bad day. You fucking have a bad day too. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's, it's like, like, you know, I just got that you know, text. Like, that one of my friends was like, yo, you're getting torn up on the internet again. And I'm like, it's going to be hard, but like, I'm going to try not to even see what it is. Yeah. Well, you know? part of the. I mean, part of the impetus of putting this podcast out, you know, before the election day is to give you more of a long form voice, because I think a lot of times with this shit, like that's what made me kind of reach out to you is I saw, you know, I saw you fucking like door knocking, you know, and it's like, you know, kissing babies, knocking on doors, fucking community outreach. I was like, yeah, this you can't really get by in like 30 second answers because you're just going to say anything inflammatory to fucking incite people to go vote. You know? Yeah. And it's you also, like, you also can't spend 20 minutes at every door, you know, yeah. but I definitely do. That's what I'm doing today. And it's supposed to rain tomorrow, but door knocking is so clutch. And like yeah. I say, in my first rodeo, I got the hangers now. And, yeah, I and, saw you know, that. But also, like, you know, people tell you to get off their doorstep and, like, and they're like, <laughs> yesterday this lady's like, it's Friday, dude. I don't really want to talk about it. And then she pulled out of her car and she's like, by the way, I did vote for you. I just don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. I get it. I call it propaganda when I pass it out. And people think it's hilarious, you know, just to call <laughs> it propaganda. Because I just like to have fun with it, man. And, like, I've had a bunch of, like, super serious shit go down in my life. And if I've got 10 seconds to be a jokester, I'm going to be a jokester. Like I can, you can be the most educated man in the room and still just make jokes. I love comedy. I love being funny and seeing the world with a little light. And, uh, yeah, man. That's life. I I agree. So, oh yeah. But wait for the realtor thing. Cause I love this. I was like, people are tearing me up for being a realtor. That's awesome. You know, for me, just because I help people buy and sell real estate, I'll never identify as a realtor. But we've got some really cool realtors in this town, and the the real estate industry funds a ton of cool stuff in town. But further than that, is like keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. We've got a we've got a housing conversation going on right now. I am in the housing game. I'm not just out there bitching that the world owes me a spot. I'm learning how properties are bought, sold, traded. And like, I screwed over a couple of realtors the other month. Or like, not screwed them over, but like, definitely stepped on some toes. And it was for one of my bros who his house got sold out from under his feet because his other family member was the signer on the trust after his parents passed away. And he needed a house. And I was like, I don't care about your ethical protocols right now. I need to make this happen. And nothing's illegal about it. And, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen for my bro. And I'll also list your mansion and sell it for top dollar, no problem. But, like, you know, understanding (laughs) understanding the formula is cool. And I'm with, like, this big national brand. And I just, like, met the CEO and was like, Hey man, like luxury's sweet, but I'm not all about that. Like, this is our housing problem, and like, you know, the guys like this. You need to get ads on the airplane and see them. I, was, I just raised my hand. I'm like, 
so how do you sell real estate without selling out your town? And he was like, well, you don't want to like sell a bunch of listings here. I was like, nope. <laughs> like, and I went to the CEO and I was like, Hey, here's what's going on. And he was like, he's like, Oh, cool. He's like, Hey, call our Aspen office, figure out how the state tax works there and how we'd turn that into a nonprofit here. He's like, this is the chick's name who does it all. And he's like, if you can get this going, I'll pay for you to start it. And I was like, Damn. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're working yeah, if on anybody. That. Yeah. If, it, if anybody knows that shit, Aspen knows that shit. <laughs> they got lucky on okay. their red tax, man, because they got a, they live in a red state too. And they had a rule get grandfathered in from a little, some blue days way back then. And it got grandfathered in and stood. Yeah. But there's ways you can yeah. address that with nonprofit and parts Parts of like what I'm trying to do with the higher category restrictions is the the economic almanac just came out. We had some God, I shouldn't talk about the numbers if I don't know them exactly, but um, the bottom line is eight hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars was donated to housing last year in the nonprofit section, and fourteen. God, I need to look at these numbers. I'm all discombobulated, but. I think 13 mil went to arts and culture what so if we can just work on the formula of not making housing a handout and figure out what people want and what the income thing is we could have access to 10 mil a year in philanthropy yeah yeah that's the philanthropy right there yeah man there's (laughs) a ton of well-off people that care about cool stuff in this town man yep i agree well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. Oh, I'd uh, chat with you I, for ages, but I probably should get out there. Yeah, I don't know. What time is it? Yeah, it's almost one. Yeah, so, I mean, it's you're about burning my time. Daylight. But it's also almost warm enough to take my topless Jeep out for the day. It was too there cold this go. morning. <laughs> yeah, it's, pro- it's probably fucking close to 40 degrees it's there. It's freezing up in here. But we yeah, haven't had, like, great. the early snow. Um, we got two new lifts going in on Warm Springs, which is going to be kind of cool it's super sick they just put them on the other side of the river so they could expand their deck and sell more drinks <laughs> and uh it's gonna be really hard for some of these guys to stop before they run into that lift line so feeling for the ski <laughs> patrol they're gonna have their hands full this winter and my buddies are bartenders at the lodge i walk into the lodge on the last day of <laughs> um lines out the door i'm like who's excited for the patio expansion and they just gave me two death stares <laughs> yeah i definitely agree with you like the Greyhawk, like that area up there that's like my favorite place to go to like that's the first place i go oh man. but i mean that that place will keep you out based on like the vehicle you drive because i've seen that thing mm-hmm. i've seen that fucking parking lot just swallow oh, i love <laughs> it know? If you're gonna take a rental car from Twin Falls up there, you're mm-hmm. you're not making it into that lot. No, I love so. it. And you know, if you if you if you give me a bad look, we'll just drive right past you. And if you ask for some help, we'll tell you out of there and take you to dinner. Yeah, they just need a bathroom up there, man. Because the race here, it's usually locked, so it's like trying to sneak off in the trees all the time. Dude, Sunnyvale has the best bathrooms. Oh, dude, marble made yeah. of gold. I take. I actually took pictures to show to the building maintenance guy here when I was there. Uh, I was like, 
you know, they have waterless urinals that they don't know how to use. So it's like you literally have your shirt over your nose taking a piss at Bogus. It's yep, like been there. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, that place is great. Fucking yeah, I don't know. Super tight. Speaking of piss, like I think we should. I somebody asked me like, what are your bigger picture ideas? I was like. I think we should take the water out of the sewage treatment plant, pipe it right back to town, even above ground, and use it for irrigation. Like, we're basically watering yep. our lawns with Avion, badass, Ketchum City water and and yep. well water. I'm, like, dumping treated well, sewer in the river. Yep. Yeah, you're into my forte. That's my – I've been doing that for 25 years. And my whole thing is I do water reuse up at Bogus, and uh, we land apply it, but I'm trying to work in to where we can actually put it back into our snowmaking system right. and use treated wastewater. It'll be yeah. 2%. We use 10 million gallons to make snow. Our system is about 2 million gallons, so we can use about you know roughly between 10 and 20% will go back into – the snowmaking system. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, man. The crazy. amount like water usage. If we're having water problems in Haley. I'm like, you guys, if we're having water problems in Haley, the world's screwed because <laughs> we're at the top you. of the best watershed in the West. Like yep. literally over in Stanley's mouth of the um, Columbia. And yeah. so another thing is, what was I going to say there on the water usage? Um, oh. Did you hear out on the middle fork that, you know, when you're out on the river, the solution to dilution or the solution to pollution is dilution. So you urinate in the river. They're yep. getting they're getting studies back that the fish have antibiotics in it from all the crap food that we're eating and drinking from peeing yep. in the river. Yeah. So watersheds yeah, that's are the weird- pinnacle, man. Yep. And that's the weird thing about like working in wastewater treatment for as long as I have, you see these, you know, the, the PFAS, the, the plastics that last forever. And you know, like you were saying, like when you discharge that treated water into the, into the river there, you can't get out the antibiotics. You can't get out. That's why you have like these androgynous fish because they've consumed fucking birth control, you know, byproducts that have been pissed out. And it's, it's, I mean, you can't treat that out of the wastewater. I mean, all you can take out is like the E. coli, the pollutants, you know, and put it back in and it's usually cleaner, but it does have those fucking weird chemicals. So, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe as a councilman, you, you know, you'll have to address like capital improvement projects like that. And that might be a starting point to, I mean, send I don't us, know. Send us an RFP, man. Yeah, you got, for you sure. got one vote. I was just talking to my buddy on the, stopped on the dirt road this morning and talked to him. Uh, they're like, and when people talk about be shaking stuff up, like for sure, you know, like yep. the amount of money we're spending on consultants, like you're going to hire a guy from out of town, show him town to do the study. Like, uh, no, we got yeah. so many guys that are qualified and girls to do work in this town. Like we could be redirecting millions of dollars and spending right back into yep. the Valley or locally in Idaho. Yeah, I mean, you guys are in a unique situation because I I know uh, I might be taking a position with the Idaho Rural Water Association mm-hmm. if if I get offered that position. But they're basically a nonprofit that goes into impoverished and tribal communities to help you know fix their system, fix their treatment, you know, address water problems. But 
you guys are like the same as size of some of these impoverished, like impoverished communities, but you have fucking more money than Jesus. So it's like you have enough money for any solution you want to come up with. Yeah, we know? say so, that we say the dogs only drink Dasani up here. You know, <laughs> that's right. And you know, it's just such a funny world we're living in. There was this article in the newspaper. They cut a new run on the mountain, which is going to be so sweet. Lower Squirrel. I saw that, and they flew all the logs off the mountain with Blackhawks and then they trucked it down to the reservation and gave it to the natives for firewood and they're like this is sustainability I was like sustainability (laughs) is now flying a log off a mountain and trucking it down there I was like sustainability was letting them live here yeah (laughs) like brother you're crazy exactly oh man ecosystems man I, I studied ecology and that's why I'm going for councils because I'm exceeding my purview on planning and zoning. And I'm like, no, I'm looking at how this building relates to the whole picture. And they're like, that's not your job. And I was like, to call it a job would imply that I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> so if you leave the PNZ, do you have, will the mayor just appoint somebody else or do you have a say in who goes in? I'd like to think I have a say. I've definitely got a short list of candidates and I've been trying to get some of my boys to sign up for it and these and when i say my boys i don't mean males some of my people yeah um nobody wants to sign up for that shit dude it's tough it's a big commitment and you're under scrutiny but i love it i don't know it's looking good i got the idaho mountain express endorsement from the newspaper really good and i was like yeah well i'm so cocky i was like well duh i'm great you know but (laughs) i'm also like they're like you're part of the machine now and I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to be part of the machine. I don't want the endorsement. I want to do it on my own, you know? Yeah. But also, I'm like, does that mean I don't have to pay my advertising bill now? Because I owe you $2,000 for uh, 12 square inches of print. Yeah. Yeah. And also, honey, I got stats on my website, and I know exactly how many click-throughs I'm getting. So we got to talk about those rates. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah they're brother. getting more business off you. <laughs> uh, not me, my man, but some of them, dude. They're they're making some money off some of these guys. And it's crazy. All the campaign donations are disclosed publicly. So in the mayor's race, I threw a $8,000 campaign or 10000 bucks. The competition spent thirty grand. So the price per vote was three times as much. And then you look and the hedge funder guys campaign was funded by 22 LLCs out of New York cities and mine's funded like mom and pop style up here, 20 bucks from the homies. And like I had a bunch of thousand dollar donations, but they're from really well off people from here that care about the Valley. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy's been giving me shit. He's like, you're in the deep state now. I was like, I wish. Yeah, no shit. If I was in the deep state, I'd just fucking take the day off, man. I wouldn't fucking do it. <laughs> no way, man. If there's work yeah, the to be done, I'm doing to it. Yeah, I don't know. The less you have to do, I guess. But yeah, yeah. that's the dream. Um, hell cool. yeah, Ralph. Well, you're the man, dude. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I appreciate you. And hopefully we catch up this winter. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. Give me a call if you ever want to chat about anything else, man. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely try to get you back on. We can just talk snowboarding and whatnot and riding and filming, you know, because, I mean, I don't know. There's always 
always people out there that like to hear that shit. Everybody's, you know, everybody's making an edit. Everybody's, you know, even I have a fucking drone. So it's like, Oh, that's what I was going to say about that rescue. I remember I was on search and rescue for that. And that devil's bedstead one. I remember that cause I had a bunch of buddies up there. And after that one, the, cause they, they called me and were like, Hey, we might need your drone on standby, but there was too many choppers in the air to fly. And after that, the Sun Valley fire department bought, this drone and they're like hey can you come teach us how to fly this drone and i was like which one did you get and they're like this one and i was like holy shit man i worked for five years to get that that's the creme de la creme for filming you just bought it overnight i was like well that's can crazy. you guys throw me a day rate to come teach you how to use it and they're like well i don't know man and i was like well i don't know man come on and of course i went over there yeah, and I show them how to flew it but i gave them a bunch of shit yeah yeah those guys are cool up. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely a game changer. I mean, I, I learned to fly and not, I mean, it didn't take too long, but I just have a, a DJI, like a, a mini pro. So that way I can pack it with me while I I'm going out. So I'm kind of working on a secret uh, project for a book. Cool. <laughs> so I needed, I needed the drone for some of that shit just to spread the spread. You know, I'm not touching the Wood River Valley and not touching like the sawtooths, but we we have areas here that could get opened up with more use, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Boise in the Boise Mountains, like north of Idaho City and shit. Yeah, but people are going to go just, there. You just got to educate them on how to recreate and how to not get you out yep. of bed in the middle of the night to go on the search and rescue call, man. Because yeah, when you fuck exactly. up in the mountains, you put a lot more people at risk. And like even out in the yurt scene, I've seen some people that are like, "I'm fit. I have a map," and they're way back there in the sawtooth, and I'm like watched them ski i was like brother you got no business being here like forget your post forget your map you need to start thinking about your ass freezing in the snow overnight when you can't move with a spine injury the amount of snowmobiles going out that don't have sleeping bags on them i'm just like yo amigo dude because i worked for the heli for so long i was like you realize we have to clear all of our clients out of the field be down half hour before sunset and come get your ass. Yep. Like the this yeah, whole dude. idea that I have a spot and the chopper will come get me is a farce, dude. That shit might work in Moab, okay? That does not work in the sawtooths. Yep. Yeah, because most of the time, like even like with that SAR on the guy on on Devil's Bedstead, I mean, it, not even local search and rescue could do it, you know? Like, the, a lot of times with SARS, like, people are, if they can't get to it with a four-wheeler, they're not going to go look for them. So it's oh, kind of yeah, like, dude. yeah, it's kind of, it relies gnarly. on other people, you know, like volunteer-type people. And, I mean, mountain search and rescue is no joke. And, you know. No way. I, and the amount of certs you got to have, I mean, like, a lot, so many guys on our search and rescue have swift water, EMT, rope certifications. Like, it's a... It's a highly skilled crew, man. And like doing medical for helis, like just even if we got to fly somebody out in an A-star, we have to take the doors off. And I've got to think about, I I wouldn't be the medical professional on that call, but you got to think about the medical professional on that call, the lead guide and the pilot with no doors to Boise. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. And then the, you know, the chopper's got to sleep there for the night with no doors and be able to fire up in the morning. Yep. It's gnarly, man. People need to yeah, be careful sure. and be safe out there. This fucking Instagram heroism is scares me. And like you said, 
we used to be hucking shit way back there, man. We got out alive. We did some gnarly shit in the sawtooth man. When I went to do Jesus Christ Kular, I called Bachman and he was just like, don't go bouncing off the walls in there. And I was like, yeah, man, Kirk, I'm fine, dude. I'm your boy. And I was yeah. hiking up that thing and I was like, fuck, why didn't I listen to the old goat, man? I'm scared out of my mind. And that was the last gnarly thing I ever did. After that, I was like, nah, dude. You're not a mountaineer. You're a lazy snowboarder. Never forget it. We don't have to make it to the summit. We don't care about the name of the peak. We're looking for that fresh pal. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's kind of where I turn my shit to. <laughs> Kirk's always been good. He's been good to me too. I mean, as far as teaching and whatnot, I try to go out with a guide every yeah every year. You know, like Mark, Mark Hanselman. I've gone Chachi. out with him a few times. Yeah, I got yeah, it. He's splitboarding now. Splitboarding. I finally converted him. <laughs> nice. There's a legendary story where I went to a yurt trip with him. Uh, I had to, I only could go for one night because I had planning and zoning meeting. And he's like, God, well, you could skip it. I was like, bro, my interest is planning and zoning. I've been a yurtsman for what feels like thousands of years. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on a different path now. And uh, I went for a splash of coffee. I was all tired and it was the bacon grease. And him and his wife just love that one. People come up to me, they're like, I heard the story about how you drank the bacon grease, and I was like, "Yeah, I probably did." Yeah, the only the only other person I've been on a yurt trip with that's more bacon centric, I think, is uh, Chopper. Yeah, he's uh, he's dude, a that he's guy a is meathead. A, yep, fucking absolute bacon head. That guy was funny <laughs> as fuck, though. He was our marketing but... manager for tourism for a couple of years, and we put out the raciest shit you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, he's the man. It's so. He's an so Olympic swimmer or cyclist or something from McCall. Yeah, he was an uh, Olympic sci- uh, mountain biker. Yeah, that's like, the thing. It's like you walk around Sun Valley and you're like, hey, this is a guy who does this. Oh, by the way, he was an Olympian. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. He was really good, too, to have on that because, I mean, he's like, I mean, he's he's like my size, but his fucking chest is like, oh, I mean, he's nothing Brick but like house. one giant lung, dude. I yeah. mean, he's like, that's all he is is a fucking lung and a set of legs. Yeah, this so. place is crazy, man. Like, I wouldn't mouth off to any of the old ladies around here. Like, they're, they're hiking baldy in the morning and hitting the weights, dude. They'll, yep. they'll fucking choke you out at the grocery store if you mess with them in the line. <laughs> Chicks are buff. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm definitely hitting up there. We're hitting up next weekend, so maybe I'll yeah, hit you holler up. at me, dude. Uh, It'll come hell or high water. I'm a happy dude. If I if I landslide victory this thing, if I lose this thing, if I win by five votes, it doesn't matter to me. Just giving the people a choice to yep. think about me. Well, good good to get some engagement. Good to give you a long form platform. I'll get this edited out. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate good. your hustle, man. Yeah, no worries, man. I'm believing the cause for sure. I mean, that's my it's not my second home because i don't have i don't own shit over there but <laughs> yeah. that's that's the place where we park the van a lot hey man <laughs> so. you need to plug her in you let me know all right cool man all right we'll thanks, take care Ralph. get out Cheers, there and... brother all right later